Hello and welcome back to another episode of Under the Lights and we're returning to talking about Saints this time and all the joys that come with it. My name is Tom Murray. My name is Callum Wilson and this is Under the Lights. Callum, we haven't chatted about Saints in quite some time. I know we've had a bit of a summer of football, but we seem to have forgotten about our boys in red and white. I mean, where to start? Where to start? Well, yeah, we, we've had the uh, we've had the Euros, and uh, and that's kind of taken up everything and and what came with it and what a brilliant uh, what a brilliant month it was. But in the background. Things are always bubbling with the the bread and butter of a club side, and uh, and it's the the transfer window has been open wide wide open for a few weeks, and um, and we've only got three weeks until the Premier League season starts. So uh, yeah, we thought it was worth getting a getting a move on and to start talking about what's going to be happening down at St Mary's. Obviously, we've got the fixtures. We have one new signing through the door. Uh, there's a lot to discuss in terms of those players that we thought might have been sh- shifted on, that were maybe struggling to shift. And now people are questioning whether, whether it might be worth holding on to these players because our squad depth really let us down last season. So there are a lot of things to talk about. Uh, some kits been released, some we're still waiting on. And, uh, and, and I think the fans really eager to see a few transfers come in not just before the window shuts but before we really get into the season yeah there doesn't seem to have been much activity after we were sort of promised back in may that this was going to be a good summer a busy summer and as a lot of people predicted due to every club being struggling for money the transfer market is incredibly slow at the moment and not many people are even moving about but let's let's start with um Something I think is quite positive. Hummel are back as the kit makers. And so far, they have got it absolutely spot on. I love the kits that have been released so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the two... the two. I, I think both kits are, are fantastic. When the, um, when the home one came out, that's exactly what I'm looking for from a home kit. Um, red and white stripes on the front, red sleeves, red back. But then sort of quirky design with the kind of faded up and down arrows uh it, it all just it all looks great I, even the even the collar which with Hummel kind of seems to be the same across most of the kits that they do but yeah they came back in I know they were doing a, a couple of other um, Premier League teams last season Everton comes to mind so for us to go with them after um the debacle that we had with the kits being made and the change of sponsors and yeah. Under Armour and all of that, uh, Hummel getting it right and uh, and the detail on the third kit with the with the kind of homage to to the Dow twenty years on, I thought was was a brilliant detail and such a great touch for only the second kit that they've released with us. Yeah, it, I love the third kit. I think it looks really smart. I think the players are going to look great in it. I mean, yeah, Under Armour. Last season, I kind of liked... I liked the designs of the kits last season. Um, maybe the, ho- the the home shirt took a while to grow on me because obviously we're not used to being complete block red and there was quite a bit of uproar when Cortese turned us into that just completely red team. I think in 
2013-14. But the sash has always been a favourite. The white kit with the red sash was lovely. Um, we never really played that much in the blue kit. But this season, I really... I, I can't wait to see what uh, the away one is. I have, I have no idea. I'd like to think that it's yellow and blue because... I think that just that's that that's the only color it really can be. And of course, they've got it spot on with the goalkeeper kits. Absolutely love the orange one. Completely on flames that one, quite literally. Yeah, yeah. I've already forgotten what the goalie ones look like. To be honest, I think they were the first ones released, weren't they? But um, yeah, no one bought the goalkeeper kits, do they? But I remember, I remember they did look smart. Yeah. Now you mentioned mm. the, um, the the one that looks like uh, looks like the keeper's on fire, and hopefully. One of those two that we've got between the sticks will be this season. But, I, I, yeah, I really rate both kits. I'm with you, I think, yellow and blue, traditional. I think Hummel are really, almost seems like they're, they're it sounds strange because obviously fans are the ones that are going to buy them, but it seems like they're really tailoring them to, to what the fans want. And last season, I, I really liked the home and away kits. Uh, when they came out, I thought both were smart. But the, the kits this season... With the sponsor, they, they do look good. And the way in which they're tailoring those kits to what the fans want, I think something maybe quite special would be in store for the, for the third one. I mean, the red and white stripes, as I mentioned, with the, it's the small touches they have as well. I think that, mm -hmm. that home kit looks as smart home kit as we've had in a long time. The away kit with the with the sort of stencil of the Dow is, is just really cool. And I, I I think yellow and blue would be fantastic, but I, I just wonder if they might go back to the old kits back in the 90s and do something with the yellow and blue that's not been done in a while, you know, either the, the, the V or the yellow and blue stripes or just something a bit retro, I think would be really cool. Well, what whatever it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be good. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. I don't, I haven't bought a kit for a long, long time. I probably won't change that tradition, but it's certainly nice to see when we're playing in good, good kits because we have had some absolute shockers from Under Armour over the last couple of years. But stay, going away from kits, let's talk about the people who will be wearing them. We need a big summer. We don't have a big squad. Technically, we've made two signings, if you count Thea Walcott, but that one was always pretty much nailed on. I know it's there's still a while to go, and we expected the transfer market to be slow. One positive is, of course, we've recruited a player that we needed in terms of that left-back position with Bertrand gone. I know very little about Roman Perrault. Uh, seems to be quite highly rated in France, especially last season. Whether that translates into Premier League, we will have to see, I think. Yeah, um, I don't know too much about him. I know that his attacking output is something that is exciting the fans, albeit in uh, in a league where full-backs and backs probably can get on a little bit more because the quality isn't as high. So it'll be interesting to see how he copes uh, up against good Premier League wingers you know when he's put on the back foot that that's what will be interesting to see because right now he's the only left back we've got Sam McQueen we'll touch on as well it's brilliant to see him back in the mm. photos of uh, the new forest bike ride with uh, about three members of the squad but it was uh, it's good to see him back because we thought he he was the forgotten man with his injuries and they've given him a six-month deal and just hopefully he can stay fit prove his fitness because it adds another player to a, to what was a depleted squad last season. Uh, in terms of 
play other players coming in, uh, and you mentioned the kit. Someone commented on on the uh, on the podcast ahead of this one on Twitter um, at RX. D-M-O-N-D, sort of play on words on, on Redmond, but I wouldn't really know how to pronounce that. But he's uh, he said that he's uh, he's not sure if he wants transfers or the away kit. And, uh, and I jokingly said, wouldn't it be good if the away kit was announced being worn by a new sign-in? But uh, right now we'll take either. I think the away kit comes out, uh, is, is announced in the first week of Yeah, August, a couple of weeks' time. A week before the, um, before the season kicks off. So... Uh, we'll get that, but wouldn't it be good if we had uh, a, a real good signing, to a marquee signing to kind of uh, come in at that time as well, just in time for the for the Everton game. But yeah, I think in terms of Perot, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I haven't really looked into it, but he's, yeah, attacking. And I, I just wonder if he's been bought with a change of formation in mind or not. There's a lot of talk about that in the Closed season. Arsenal has mentioned about you know how he how he wants to be adaptable, and there was a lot of talk about a potential three at the back with wing backs, which would really suit Carl Walker Peters and I think the new lad at, at, on the left as well. So that that will be interesting. But there's no there's no doubt in the fact that we know that we need players through the door, and with the rumored maximum of ten million pounds per player. We're shopping from a, a pretty sparse market for quality. And I think they're probably, like you said, with, with uh, the way things are at the moment with money, I think there's probably quite a lot of clubs looking at the same, um, at the same kind of pool of players. So it's all very slow and not just for us. The whole market is slow. And the hope, I think, for all managers is that it will start picking up pretty soon. And I think it'll take one or two maybe big signings to get the ball rolling uh, for everyone, really. Yeah, I completely agree. I think one that is sort of on the at the back of every, well, almost at the front of every Southampton fan's mind is if the likes of Harry Kane get a move, then obviously Spurs will be looking for a new striker. Will that then spell the way for Danny Ings to leave. I know there was the story that we're very reluctant to do uh, business with Tottenham. However, it wasn't completely out of the question that he would go there. I don't think he will. Um, no. Uh, I don't think he will because, well, first and foremost, they've said they want the Danny Ings up front with Kane. So it's almost like the, whether Kane goes or not, it doesn't really change what Tottenham want to do. But A, we don't want to deal with Levy because he's a pain in the ass. B, they're stingy time wasters. And I think the rumour was that they're going to go in with a bid that was well below what Southampton wanted as a minimum. So a complete waste of time. And also he's come out and said that he only wants to go to a he only wants to leave if he's mm. going to a club in the Champions League with Man City, Man United, all kind of seemingly waiting on whether or not they can get these top targets like a Haaland or a, or a Kane or a Lewandowski. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got the money that we wanted for Ings, but it was late in the window. And and the way Harsness has been talking is that regardless of how long he's got on his contract, we're not selling him. And uh, and if that means we get to the end of next season and he still hasn't signed, then that's up to him. But they're, whether they're playing hardball to try and get some money and not seem desperate, 
we'll, we'll see. But I think if it does get left until very late, I think the club will find it hard to find a replacement. Yeah, it's certainly a very tricky situation. And what we don't want to be doing is being fairly sure that he's going to stay. Then someone nicks him on the final day of the transfer window and we're left with Shea Adams, Michael Obafemi and Shane Long. That would be front. a catastrophe. Uh, yeah, that would be a catastrophe. If we if we got to the end of the window and a bid came in and the owners took it and there was no time to, to get a replacement in and we sold our best player with no chance of getting a replacement until January... Uh, I I think we'd be stuffed to be honest in terms of playing half a season with without our main goal threat. So I, I think things are in the pipeline. They do seem to be simmering a little bit on Adam Arms. Blackburn are in exactly the same situation, but with a lower value player. They're, he's in his last year of his contract, and what the club won't do is allow Danny Ings to go for less than what he's worth but still pay market price for the replacement. You know, it's, <clears throat> either Danny Ings goes so we can recoup some money, like we did with Hoiberg last year, and we do the same with Armstrong, or Blackburn say, no, we're not letting Armstrong go for any less than 20 million. And we go, fine, well, we'll not let Danny Ings go for any less than, well, at all until next season. I, I, I don't, I would be very, very surprised if we had both of them. At the, at, by the by, the close of the window, I think this it's a little bit of a domino effect. But like you said, the, the further we get to the end, the less likely and the less time we've got to to get those things done. What I am surprised with is that we still haven't brought in numbers in terms of we did we did a podcast at the end of towards the end of last season where we're talking about the free agents that would become available and um, and who we might be able to to bring in for depth, not necessarily to really bolster our attacking lineup in terms of quality, but to, to provide cover for injuries and squad depth and, and competition. And we haven't really gone into that market. And uh, obviously we've got Walcott, as you said, but that doesn't add anything to what we had last year. Perot obviously had to come in, but we lost Bertrand. So really we're in the same place as we were in coming into the window uh, with three weeks left the squad depth is still as it was, minus maybe a couple of players that have come back from loans that look like they might be given a chance. Yeah, it does seem like the uh, the likes of uh, Mario Lamina, Mohamed Elianusi, even Jan Valery might be given a chance next season, which, I mean, two out of those three, I would be happy to have a squad depth. We know that Lamina on his day can be an asset and, he wa and Fulham fans were generally very happy with his uh, performances last season and of course if he wants to get that big move that he feels he deserves then he's got to pull his finger out and earn it. Mohamed Elianusi was a talented player before he came to us he was ripping things up for Basel in the Champions League he came into a dreadful side and his confidence got shot fairly quickly Mark Hughes sort of sucked the attacking impetus out of him and by the time Hasenhutl came he was a Oh, no. oh. <laughs> oh, we keep it. We keep we keep it clean on under the lights here. But yeah, I mean, by the time Hasenhutl came, Elianusi was sort of a shadow of his former self. Now he's gone to Scotland, albeit not a 
that's the highest level of football, but he's got his confidence up and he's been very successful for them and deemed quite, and, and Celtic fans were fairly disappointed that they haven't gone in to loan him again. So whether if we can, it, it just seems to be the same old story with our really expensive transfers. They lose all their confidence. They go away on loan, do fairly well. And then we're like, oh, I know they didn't do it in the Premier League beforehand, but let's give them another go and see if it happens. And then they'll play four or five games. It's like, yeah, that's the reason we sent them out on loan. Yeah, this guy's rubbish. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think those two are interesting. I, I, I think if we got an offer for either of those, we would take it. I think we're being, I don't think we're making the decisions on these. You know, Wesley who went finally. Angus Gunn's gone. Angus Gunn has gone as well. And those are both positions that we didn't, we really didn't need them for depth. You know, centre-back, we, we've we got four centre-backs and we've got obviously the two goalkeepers. So those could go. Central midfield, you could argue that maybe Lamina could be a useful squad player in there. Elianusi, I'd say we've got an abundance of average wingers. Uh, I think it's a strange position for us on the pitch because I don't feel like, apart from Armstrong, I don't feel like we've got a wide midfielder that really lights the place up um generally quite average there but we seem to have quite a lot of them you know your walcotts your redmonds Gineppos, those sorts of players so they all seem to be the same player as well like, yeah and elinusi to me is just another one of those now passing it to adam last season and and sent him out on loan like you've said been rejuvenated got himself some goals some assists got game time in a a less quality league, but still a physical league, maybe he'll come in. And from what he's seen, he's decided that he, he does want to give him another chance. Whereas it seems to me Lamina is still there to be sold. If he doesn't get sold, then fine. I think wages are also a thing. I think uh, Lamina's on, on, a, on a wage. People are saying, oh, if we can't get four million for him, we might as well keep him, which I get. But if he's on, I don't know how much a week, then... I could see why we want to get rid of him for you know as little money as possible. So, and we, we've got Smallbone in there as well. You've got to remember he's coming back, and he is a central midfielder, although he'd been played out on that kind of in that Stuart Armstrong role. So it'll be interesting to see where he is. So players have come back from injury. Shane Long is in that list as well. We we haven't mentioned him. He gives us an extra option up front if we do get injuries. So although these players aren't ones that will get us excited it does mean that we don't have to rely on the likes of Dan and Ndulu for instance who's not got much experience he's been able to go out on loan or um, some of the some of the centre-backs that had to come in I remember you know some of the games where the whole bench was full of players we barely heard of the problem we do seem to have though is that we still have depth in the same areas and we're shallow in others, i.e. the fullback department. So although we've bought in, like I said, Perot, we, we've not, we've lost Bertrand. So we still have one recognised left back, one recognised right back. Sam McQueen can't really be counted in that because we don't know what his fitness is like and, and how you know, he's injury prone, obviously. And Jan Valerie for me, is is a liability. So what, what I don't want is for us to to get an extra left-back cover and only have Cole Walker-Peters on the right. And if he does get injured, we lose games because of Jan Valerie. It's as simple as that. Yeah, no, you're completely right. We are, 
uh, chunky in the positions that we were and were completely barren in the other ones. And as you said, with Sam McQueen, the guy hasn't kicked a football for about two and a half years. Um, so we can't exactly rely on him. I'd love him to come back and be, because he was a tidy player, I think, under Puel. I thought he was a, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but he was a competent left back and he did very well in those games against Inter Milan, uh, considering that he was a youth player and we had a complete cri injury crisis at, at left back and he came in and acquitted himself very, very well. So I think for our next episode, which we've got a guest on and we'll be talking much more about transfers in that one. Uh, but it's definitely a topic that we need transfers. We need to bulk up the squad because otherwise we're going to be in exactly the same position. It'll be just trying to tread water for another season. And if I'm being completely honest, early days, this is probably the least excited I've been for a new Saints season because I, just of the way that we finished last season, there doesn't seem to be a lot of change. Players' future, Our best players' futures are up in the air yeah. um, and there doesn't seem to be... Now, I don't want to be like the grey cloud on this incredibly hot and sunny day. But I have been struggling to get myself up for this season, especially with the horrendous run of fixtures that we have at the start. Let's talk about that. Everton, our bogey ground on the very first day. At least we get that loss out of the way quickly. But it's not an easy start. No, it's not an easy start. And it's also um, not only our bogey ground, but it's the first game for a new manager, which it is for a fair few. But... Rafa Benitez will be taking the Everton team for the first time. What would be interesting is if we got a lead in that game. I don't think it's going to take much for the uh, the Everton faithful to find an excuse to turn on the manager. So if, if we can get an early goal and stop them playing, then it would be potentially... A, an upset from our perspective because obviously like you said it's a bogey ground so that's interesting and there are some things going on at Everton and they are, they are missing players so when you look at our set of fixtures for the first sort of seven or eight you have to look at Everton away as somewhere to try and get points well because a point I was going to very, very quickly make with players uh, missing is obviously Richarlison's taking part in the Olympics with Brazil so they could be missing a key standout player for them so we need to really capitalize on that another one the game afterwards um Jadon Sancho apparently won't be available for Manchester United for that for for the game against us I know Jadon Sancho will be one of many players that they have at their disposal but obviously everyone's going to be excited to see him and I suppose it'll be good to have one player who wants to prove himself not there, yeah. as it were. And Everton Everton are, are, have suspended a player as well. That's been in the news recently. So, yeah, they've brought in the likes of, or looking to bring in the likes of Andros Townsend, which is pretty um, uninspiring, I think, from for, for a lot. So, it's not just us that are struggling to bring players in. It'll be interesting to see who manages to bring some in by that game. But I, I think there'll be a lot of change there. And although it'll be a, a, a home game for a new manager, I don't think it's the usual and the first game of the season. I don't think it'll be that usual kind of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You know, usually when you come up against a team with a new manager, you're thinking, "Oh crap, why are we playing them now?" But yeah, the Saints Saints have got to focus on themselves. And like I said, if they get an early goal in that game and they can maybe dictate the play for the first twenty minutes and be on top of Everton, then I don't think it'll take much for the fans to um to make it 
more difficult for home side. Just just to go through those first eight then. Everton away, bogey ground. Man United at home. They look like they're going to be a force this season if they get the players that they sound like they're going to get. Newcastle away. Again, another ground where we get very, very little. and We usually end up losing 3-0. West Ham at home won't be easy. They did well last season. Man City away, obviously tough. Wolves at home, new manager, don't know what they're going to be like yet. Chelsea away, tough. And then Leeds at home. And Leeds are going to be, a, again, probably a force for me this season. So the first eight games we might find ourselves in a spot of bother. Although last season we were saying how easy our run was at the beginning and we um, we didn't get to, well, we were, we were top by the time it came to November. But I think immediately we didn't quite get the results that we anticipated. So maybe sometimes it's worth getting these difficult games out of the way early because teams are yet to find their feet. You know, you don't want to come up against a Man United when all those new signings have jowled and they're purring. Maybe it's maybe it's worth having them in, when they've got their first away game of the season before Sancho can play. But Saints have got to focus on themselves. They need to get some players in. I don't mind if we don't get them in towards the end of the, until the end of the window because you don't need depth at the beginning of the season. But we need it going into to the season um, and getting into those sort of autumn winter months. We are in a better place in terms of squad depth, in terms of numbers, because we, we have got those you know, few loan players back to use if we need to. But I still worry for the season if we don't get another fullback who can play both sides and I'd say another striker with Danny Ings being up in the air. But for those for those fixtures... It doesn't look great on paper, and we might find ourselves after the first seven or eight games lingering in the at the wrong end of the table. What do you see this season that might make things different to what we had the second half of last season? Because last season, go back to last season, first half of the, of, of of that season, we were dynamite. We were winning games left, right, and centre. We were playing some of the best football in the league. Arsenal was uh, a genius. We were top of the league first time ever, top four in December. Then we beat Liverpool on New Year's Day and the rest is history. We couldn't buy a win. We were hopeless. Our players were useless. We Injuries left, right and centre. And that's really how we ended the season. We got a couple of wins towards the end, but only you know we started to flirt with releg- the idea of relegation. Where do you see us starting the season compared to where we ended it with, you know, if we don't sign any more players by the time we go to Goodison? Um, if I'm being completely honest, if we don't sign any more players by the time we get to Goodison, I would be very surprised if we picked ourselves up and started the season strong. I think it's going to be, unless the team's confidence is high and has been like it's been good to have a break, a lot of them haven't had that much of a break because they've been playing in the Euros. The likes of our key players, such as Armstrong, Adams, Vestergaard. Um, obviously, Vestergaard going quite far in the competition as well. Uh, Bednarik, I think. The same, you could, same could be said for every team, though. Yeah, that's know. true. True. I think what's going to be difficult this season is that when... Last season, when we started to play absolutely terribly, we'd earned that points cushion. So, therefore, we may 
maybe didn't feel that much of a threat to us because we thought, okay, we've got ourselves 30 points or so. We're halfway through a couple of losses. No one's going to really worry about that. And even with the, the 10, thankfully, we were far too far ahead to really get worried about it. Maybe there'll be a change in mentality this season because we could, with those opening fixtures, if we start like we finished then last season, we could be cut adrift fairly quickly. One player I think will make quite an impact is Roman Perro, purely because, and I, I know there's the, it's almost the same argument, but with Ryan Bertrand, really good player, consistent player, fantastic servant to the club. However, for the last few years, he's had no one pushing him. He knows he's going to play at left back if he's fit. Now, I'm not questioning his professionalism because I don't think that he's that kind of player. But Roman Perro is going to know that we're after squad cover for him. And if we aren't, and if he doesn't hit the ground running, if he doesn't turn out to be the player that we want him to be, then we're going to try and we're going to double our efforts to get someone else in. And I think he will want to prove himself in the Premier League. I think we know how Saints recruitment works now. If he wants to, He's, he's a young player. He's, a, he's got a lot of potential. And it wouldn't be surprise me if, you know, the promise is you do well here, you'll get yourself a move to a big club in a couple of years' time. So he's going to want to prove himself in the Premier League and put himself out there and show what he can do. So I'd be excited to see maybe a few more lung-bursting runs down the left side that maybe we didn't see as much from Bertrand towards the end of the last season. Because I felt that most of our attacking play came down the right side when Walker Peters wanted to prove himself. It was less so with Bertrand, who was a bit pedestrian at times. So if Perro wants to hit the ground running, and we know he's an attacking fullback, then I think we could see quite a lot of danger going down that left side. And maybe the likes of Redmond, Gineppo, Teller will find themselves getting a bit more support in terms of a player overlapping down the left and bit, getting a few dangerous crosses in. Yeah, and the more you talk about it, the more I think we might play with wingbacks because, as you said, Walker-Peters almost played as a right winger and Bertrand would kind of fill in closer to the centre-backs. Perot, from the sounds of things, won't do that. What what we've also got to bear in mind, and I know we had them towards the back end of the season, but Ibrahima Diallo and, and Mohamed Salisu were players that took their time to bed in, especially Salisu. They'll be ready from the off. They'll have a full pre-season. They'll have experience in the Premier League. And Salisu certainly showed me from early signs that um, that he could be a really terrific player for this club. So those are two players that were almost that were signed last summer, but almost new signings for this season. And they're young and they'll improve. And that's obviously the idea with the signings is we buy them young and they improve. Well, it's been a year, so we should see some improvement. What what interests me is um, is that Ralph. It interests me, and I'm not sure what to make of it when I think about it. Really, is that. He, he has talked a lot about how he wants the team to be the fittest team in the league. He's working them hard, players saying this is the hardest preseason they've ever had. He wants to, he keeps reiterating that they're working on their defence, which obviously needs work because they were shambolic, uh, certainly in the second half of the season. And those are the those are the two main points. He's also talking about tactically he wants the team to be one of the best in the league. So whether it's the same formation or he's a, he's adjusting it to give us more cover because that was part of the reason centre backs were often isolated. We do we do play yeah you, know, you play a four two 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 it's an attacking formation. I think Arsenal 
might look at shoring up a little bit more and having one or two formations where the team against the ball are really, really well drilled and they know their jobs, which I thought was definitely missing last season, often players out of position. I feel like that that's the main focus. The fitness thing is what I don't, I don't know what to make of that because is that a positive because the players will be physically fitter, so less injuries is the idea, or is he going to run them into the ground, work them so hard that in training and in matches, they're going to be working harder than everyone and they'll be picking up more injuries? Because that's what happened last year. We didn't see much rotation. The players played a 100-mile-an-hour a style of football and it seemed that everyone was surprised when they were dropping like flies. Well, the reason to me was pretty obvious. Doesn't sound like he's going to come away from that. I just wonder whether the, the fitness work is to try and build them to not suffer so much with these muscle injuries, and to strengthen them, or is, is it just to try and push the style of play that he wants to do? I think it's a bit of both, really, because he'll know more than anyone that, if he, you know, working the players so hard that they they are going to just sort of fall apart, as it were, like we saw last season, the wheels came flying off. Um, I think he will, yeah. I being obviously being one of the fittest sides in the league is definitely a bonus. Trying to make you know last longer, we saw the impact of that fitness game uh, from when we came back from Project Restart. We were fitter than the all of the other teams, and it definitely showed because we were just outrunning them and it's, it's, it's especially showed in that game against Manchester United a couple of seasons back the two all draw where you, we just had the United pinned back because they were getting exhausted and we just kept on having attacker after attack after attack and they were picking up injuries what in addition to that point that you make in terms of what do I want to see next season I want us to see us have a plan b I want us to deviate if things aren't going well from just being like okay we're 2-0 down we're going to continue playing our like instead of we're we're going to we're not going to worry about other teams we're going to make them worry about us i want us to obviously worry other teams and make them change their games to, to because you know to suit the way that we play but also i just want to see something a bit different if things aren't going our way i want something changed because too many times we were losing in games and we just kept on basically you know the if if you keep on doing something over and over again, that it makes like it's the first sign of insanity, or you're an idiot. But I, I just want to see us deviate a little bit. Yeah. Things aren't going our way. So change the system. Have something else up your sleeve rather than just press and press and press. Something that's going to, you know, make teams who will be so used to for the past two and a half years. Oh, we know how Southampton play. They're going to run at us, but all we need to do is just put a ball over the top or just pass it through the middle, and we'll be through. I want them to be like, hang on. We haven't seen this before. What are they doing? Okay, um, not quite sure how we're going to get around this. Something just to throw a spanner in the works from time to time. Yeah, changing it in-game, as you say, but also having different options. You know, horses for courses. There was a sense of arrogance when that quote came out and you mentioned that then, you know, we don't worry about other teams, let them worry about us. Well, we, we didn't have one of the strongest squads in the league. And although we were um, riding the crest of a wave at that point and had been not long been top of the league. I think we got a little bit carried away there with what we what we had. The fitness is is an interesting one because you mentioned Project Restart and I'd say the same thing for the first 10 games of 
the the last season because we were fitter than other teams and we were winning games and we were successful. But Project Restart was only nine games and that only lasted for the first 10 to 12 games of the uh, of the new season. It's a short-term plan and we didn't and, and obviously we didn't have the squad players for when they started getting injured and we overworked them and we overused them and we didn't rotate. And the same tactically, you know, Ralph would have one probably wanted to change some things at times, but looked at his bench and thought, well, if I want to go at three at the back or if I want to play with an extra midfielder or anything like that, looking at who he had, didn't have that option. You know, at times there were only one or two players on the bench that were first team players. So he'll he'll be hoping to have more resources and he'll be hoping to drill tactically into the players' minds how to play against the ball because that was the talk last season. You know, we played three at the back and it didn't work because he was he was playing three at the back because we were shit at the back. So we wanted to add an extra player. And uh, the, the result happened against Leicester. And that was a turning point where his neck was on the line. He went, you know what, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out playing the way that I want to play and stop worrying. And it, and it started working. But like you said, you need a plan B because it doesn't work all the time. I do think the squad will be better this season. I don't see us losing too many players that we don't want to now. Ings being really the main one. Obviously, Vestergaard being talked about as well. But I do think we will get a couple more over the line in positions we need to. And the squad will be will be better. We're not going to be a team, I think, that have four or five new signings by the first pre-season game to start showing off in front of the crowd. That's not that's not how it's going to work with us. And this window is going to take a little bit of time to get going. But I think I'm, ho I'm hoping, like you, that we have a plan B or we have two systems that we can choose from. And we do include the opposition in our thinking when doing that. But also we have different what players in positions to, to play in different ways. You know, we have different types of strikers that can worry oppositions in different ways. We can have, you know, players who can play in the centre of midfield, but are maybe more defensive for certain games or more attacking for others. I I, I want to see that. And, I, and, and fitness, you always want to be the fittest team because that works towards the end of games. But what I don't want to see is us banking on that and not making our first substitution until the 82nd minute or and then and then having a midweek game where we play the same 11. I know you said you're a bit, being a bit of a grey cloud on a nice sunny day and you're not the only one. I think a lot of fans of Saints, but also other, other fans in the Premier League looking in, and we'll do our own predictions before the start of the season, are looking at Saints as being one of those teams that might get relegated based on the form of last season, based on the fact that we haven't really got any money to spend and the squad hasn't really improved. And that's, that's bringing frustrations. So I want to try and put a little bit of optimism and, and um, a, a ray of sunshine in what might be a difficult season in that we, in terms of the fitness and the fact that we got injuries and, and squad depth was so important last season, it was more important last season than any season ever because we played two or three games in a week pretty much all season. And that is hard to deal with. We didn't have the access to, to the um, cryo chamber and other things at the training ground. So we were, we did have our hands tied behind our back a little bit. Could he have done things differently? 
Yes. Could have helped himself more. Yes. When the season starts, we will have one game a week and then there'll be that festive period where it's a little bit busier and we'll have the odd midweek game, but we will have four weeks of rest. So we don't have to rely so much on rotation and squad depth. And, and there won't be there won't be as many injuries because we're not going to have as many games in quick succession. The recovery time is, is quicker. And when we get our fir- when we had our first eleven last season, before up till Christmas, we were one of the best teams in the league. The argument will be that the injuries did dry up, and towards the end of the season, with ten or so games left, we did start having our best eleven again. But they were shit. That was because we were in a horrendous run of form and we couldn't turn it around. But if we can get the good preseason under our bouts again and have our, our starting 11 or more of a kind of 14 15 available most weeks, then I, I don't think we'll see the tail off that we saw last season. Um, we won't be able to afford to have that kind of tail off because we're not going to be top of the league in November again. So I, I see the fact that there's not so much congestion as a huge positive for everyone and every team, but especially for Southampton. And I, I think that will be in the mind of Harsin at all. Rather than thinking I've got to change absolutely everything, thinking, OK, it is a different type of season. The challenges are different and we might be able to play our best players for the majority of the season, which was such a... a, a difficult scenario last year because that just wasn't the case i completely agree and i think that it's going to be that's a really good point that you make with the fact that there aren't going to be as many games in quick succession we are going to have time to recover and if we can get a good preseason under our belts and then go into next season um in good stead just on the just want to touch on preseason because of course we've got four friendlies between now and the start of the season we've got a game against fulham on Saturday, which is behind closed doors. And then that's followed up next week with a trip to Wales for Swansea, Cardiff. And then as far as we know, like the final friendly is at home to Athletic Bilbao. So we're playing a good standard of opponent. I think we've got a former Premier League side, two decent, like a decent championship side, one that's made the playoff final last season. And of course, we've got one of the better teams from La Liga. So it's not like we're just rocking up and playing, I don't know, some teams from League One like Portsmouth and just battering them and then having being like just turning up for it. Um, these these are going to be tough tests. And of course, the championship ones are going to be really quite tough because they, of course, will be further along in preseason because their, yeah. their season uh, will only starts, uh, uh, starts a week before ours does. So they're going to be in better shape, um, you'd think, or just further along in their preparations in terms of match fitness. So it would be a good test. And I like the way that we've done that this season. I think um, it will be, you know, and obviously global events, we've mentioned COVID so many times, but that's going to have stopped us from doing a trip to Austria or Switzerland or the USA, like other teams go. So to have one at home, short distances, against strong opposition. I like that. I think that's a good a good preseason. Yeah, we've we've kind of been forced into these fixtures because obviously the, the training camp in Austria couldn't happen. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing. Like you said, I think the quality of opponent will be better. Yeah, we maybe won't have a training camp, but I don't, I don't see that necessarily as a bad thing. You know, we've got all the facilities we need here. 
we've got a game behind closed doors uh, on Saturday, which means we don't have to travel too far and be away from our, our base. Then when we go to Wales, probably go there for a week with two games, I think about four days apart. And then we'll be able to go back and prepare at Staplewood once again. And, and um, although it's nice for, you know, for the bonding and to, to go on a little bit of a trip, you know, I don't, I don't think it's particularly necessary because I think everyone's just happy to be out and things to be normal anyway. I don't think you need a break away from normal life because we haven't had normal life and neither of the players. So they'll be happy to have access to everything at the training ground to all be back together again after a, a couple of months of, of not really been able to do much. And, um, and like you said, with the fitness, that, that'll be a test of the fitness early on, playing against those three championship sides who are further along. It's only a couple of weeks now until that, that kicks off. It's all creeping up really fast. Bill Bow, we've played them a number of times. And they're, they're a good standard of team and that will put us into the, into the season nicely. And uh, hopefully by the time we play Bill Bow, we'll, um, we'll be able to have some fans go in and, and watch that. And there might be uh, more than just the one new sign-in because that's always the excitement when it comes to, uh, to see the new kit and to see the new players is, is what that last St Mary's home, uh, home pre-season game has always been about. Um, I I am less pessimistic than a lot of people because of that point that I made about the way we play and the way that it scuppered us second half of last season. Also, I'm a Saints fan, so I, I you know I, I, I I've got to back the lads. If I'm going to go into it pessimistically, then I won't enjoy the season. We will have a tough start to it. I, I think there's a lot of riding on whether we can get some decent signings into the door. A lot of talk about certain players. Lookman was one recently when I found out that apparently he's available for 10 million, which is our budget. And Ralph's signed him before. I was thinking we've mentioned him before. I think he was even in our um in our who would we sign on from the free mm. transfers or relegated clubs and all that kind of stuff. It's players like that. If we can get a player like that or one or two, him and Armstrong, something like that, and a and a backup fullback, I think we'll be in a a, a really strong position. Um and I, you know, I'm looking forward. Although we had a great time in England, I'm looking forward to to getting the bread and butter of the Premier League up and running again. From a from a non Saints perspective, it would be great if this kind of um, mega transfer merry-go-round can get going. With if we can get the likes of Haaland or Lewandowski, or we've got Sancho, you know, Kane moving. I think those top four, Varane is is one that looks like it's going to happen. I think the top sides could get stronger and that top four could really move away. But that will be that will be brilliant to watch in terms of club football and to see club football with fans back as well will be, um, will be the best thing of all. So uh, hopefully that first game in four weeks' time at St Mary's when Man United comes to town, we can have a full house uh, be in a safe environment and everyone can um, can get back to normality. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the, the prospect of having a full house, uh, having football back. I know we've had the Euros, but just have, have Saints back. That I am looking forward to. Obviously, one eye on the on the realistic ambitions for the season. I'm fairly I'm fair I'm fairly sure that we're not going to be pushing. Uh, I'll be very surprised if we're pushing top half, top eight or anything like that. 
So if we can just survive this season, but no, I'm looking forward to football coming, uh, club football coming back. Football <laughs> uh, coming home, you were going to go over them, weren't you? I was. I was. <laughs> football coming, football coming home. Oh, don't remind me. Um, but yeah, talking about it has made me a bit more optimistic. You know, it's club football. It's it's great and. Hopefully, we can get even more excited over the next coming weeks if we can get a few more new faces in, and especially who who those might be. But um, Callum, talk talk about what we're doing in a couple of weeks' time. Who who have we got coming on the uh, on the show? Yeah, well, we're um, obviously de- depending on uh, everyone's schedule. We're hoping to get uh, a trustworthy uh, reporter of transfer news. On the uh, on the Southampton football Twitter, um, hoping to get someone in to discuss what we're hoping will be a, a faster moving transfer or point in the transfer window just before the season starts. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk about some uh, signings that we've already made or on the cusp of making, and then uh, and and then as we get towards that start of the season, we'll also be doing our standard. Premier League predictions. We'll do another one of uh, of our general wider general Premier League episodes where we discuss one transfer that each Premier League side should make. Always enjoy doing those. It's always good fun this time of the season doing uh, doing those kind of episodes where we can. Um, it's a blank slate, of, isn't it? It's a blank yeah. slate, and we can just do what we like. And I can think uh, who we want to go on. I was going to say, I can uh, suggest Danny Caballos to go back to Arsenal for the third season in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can have a look into it and, and see who's available, play a little bit of our own fantasy football with each uh, each team, see if we get any right, because sometimes they, they come about. And then, uh, and of course, the um, infamous and fun Premier League predictions that we can look back on at the end of the season with... Um, Hand, hand over our face and, and, and shaking of the we've head got, wondering what the hell was happening in uh, last August. We've got quite a few good ones from the previous season. We'll, uh, we'll sprinkle those into that episode just to give you a preview of how uh, horrendously wrong we get these. But um, no, I'm looking forward to it. You mentioned uh, off the cuff there sort of like fantasy football, of course, a reminder to our listeners that we've got a fantasy football league open. You're very welcome to join. We'll post a link uh, in the next couple of days just to remind you uh, if you want to go there and join us and see where you finish between Callum at the top and myself straggling down at the bottom. But yeah, no, there's a uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to look forward to over the cu- next couple of weeks. We'll be looking forward to uh, the new season coming up, and uh, we hope that you've enjoyed the episode. Obviously, a bit pessimistic from myself talking about. Uh, Saints, but hopefully by the time kickoff comes around against Everton, we'll all be raring to go again as uh, the merry-go-round, the circus of the Premier League continues. If you want to find the podcast on Twitter, you can find us at under underscore Saints. You can find me at T214Murray. You'll find me at Calamilson21. And as always, remember to stay safe, stay wonderful, and go out, enjoy yourself. It's freedom. <laughs>